Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Vanguard. For Matt, I am Muhammad, and together we're traversing the muddied waters of freedom. That was our new intro that our very special guest today, Greg Bowen, just played for everybody. Uh, Greg was the uh, co-host for a show that I already forgot the name because I heard it 3,000 times. The Liberty times. Underground Show. Liberty Underground Show. He was, he was the co-host and producer. Uh, and um, Matt's been gone for a little bit. He was been gone for a week. Yeah, he's been gone for a week. I, it, it felt like a whole year for me. Because <laughs> you're codependent as hell. <laughs> I just, I missed you, man, all right? <laughs> but yeah, so we have uh, a lot of topics that, to catch up on today. And um, uh hope you guys uh, are excited about this episode. And, uh, you know, maybe Greg will play us, play us some more tunes after this. We'll see. Yeah. Absolutely a little better than that one. Yeah, uh, Greg is actually working on a new intro for us, so thank you to Greg. And as always, we need to thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava we will be drinking during the show. And Greg is very excited about this because he refers to this as drinking dirt water (laughs) because that's a lot what it's like. So we're going to do a quick shells up in honor of Low Tide. Shells up. Bula. Bula. With your mouth. <laughs> we we can't force people to do anything here if they don't want to we can't make them do it i'm a libertarian don't tell me what to do <laughs> not on our private property though <laughs> so yeah. how was your trip man no nah, my trip was good it was good uh i went to uh portland oregon and uh not portland maine that has absolutely zero desire for me. <laughs> um, but we went to Portland, Oregon. Uh, we walked around the city. We did a little bit of hiking. We went to Astoria where they filmed the Goonies. And we did our own self-guided Goonies tour. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I got to see Mikey's house and Dada's house. And um, they had a sign out front that said, stay off of our property to take pictures of the Goonies house or thought, we will call the police. I thought you guys said that you had ran into the neighbors. We did. Yeah. Well. Oh, I'm sorry. Not the neighbors. The, the owners. The owners. Yeah. She, we were standing off property because they had a sign that said that. And she pulled up as we were taking pictures of her house and she was giving me very, very dirty looks. <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm standing on a sidewalk. <laughs> off of that private drive <laughs> nothing you can say to me right now but i will respect your personal property rights because i am not going to go on your property yep. because you have said don't do it um but yeah it was great and then uh, we went out to haystack rock which if you've seen the goonies mikey holds up that that coin thing with the three holes in it and it lines up with the three rocks and that was one of them and we went there and it's huge in real life wow okay it is huge um, it was really awe-inspiring. I actually have a rock from that rock. We climbed onto the rock, and I grabbed a rock, and I took it with me. So I have a little piece of the <laughs> That's pretty awesome. with me forever now, which I'm super excited about. Remind me, um, is the uh, is the devil's lettuce uh, legal over there in uh, Oregon? The devil's lettuce is legal over there in Oregon. My first day there, I was at a coffee shop, and right next door to the coffee shop was a medical marijuana dispensary. Devil, devil's lettuce. Devil's lettuce. <laughs> Medical Devil's Lettuce Dispensary. (laughs) And uh, I took a picture of the sign that said 21 and up with a medical card. And this girl outside was like, oh, 
You can go in. We aren't med- only medical anymore. We just haven't changed our signs. And I almost did. But then <laughs> I thought, do I want to risk flying back with it? Yeah, I understand. And I don't really smoke weed often, so <laughs> I didn't really want to risk federal prison for something i do on yeah. a very rare occasion definitely which yeah. i've said a lot of my friends because they all wanted me to bring some back yeah yeah well um greg how, how are you doing man spectacular spectacular okay okay can you uh t- please tell our uh audience you know a little bit about what you do well uh like you said i was uh co-host and producer for liberty underground show with the 1787 network i've been uh, a libertarian activist for a long time i don't even know how many years at this point greg actually taught me how to be a libertarian activist he taught yeah. him how, how to how to walk yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i taught matt how to uh walk neighborhoods the, which the, i still hate doing yeah uh, <laughs> I, I don't like it <laughs> it's uh, i mean walking neighborhoods that's that that's eating the vegetables you know, we, you got to eat your vegetables if you want to get your dessert. Definitely, right. if, yeah. If you want to be able to have the rewards of effective political activism, then you have to do the things that you don't necessarily like as well. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Matt and I first met uh, walking neighborhoods for, yep. for Lucas Overby. And, uh, <laughs> I, I taught Matt how to walk walk the neighborhoods, which with basically uh, two houses of uh, examples. And, and uh, there you go. That's how it's done. Go. We got right. a lot of houses and, to cover. <laughs> and we'll meet back somewhere else later. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I actually, I actually, uh, I actually met Matt when I one time decided to check out Low Tide Kava Bar. And I had seen him on Facebook, obviously. And when we saw each other, I was like, you're Matt. Yeah, I heard about you. He's like, you're Muhammad. <laughs> it was like, you know, the two libertarians in the neighborhood, in the city, you know. <laughs> we, we finally got a chance to meet in real life. And we were just like, hey, <laughs> we're not friends on Facebook, but we have like 900 of the same friends somehow. <laughs> it's like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage getting together. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, remember, uh, I remember that day when we were walking the neighborhood neighborhoods because um you were partaking in the devil's lettuce and you asked me if i wanted some and i was like no i'm good and <laughs> you said do you care that i'm doing it and i said no you're good because i was gonna say i'm a libertarian you can't tell me what to do and i was still drinking at the time so later we stopped off and i grabbed like a 22 of bud light or something <laughs> yeah. like that and you know Bud Light, and I was like, I'm a libertarian. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you you can't drink it. I'm just going to judge you on your poor right. choices. <laughs> it was a dollar. I like. <laughs> I wasn't going for taste that day. I was going for quick. Yeah, and it was refreshing when you're out walking. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you played a pretty good intro for us here. Um, Thank what, you. What, what kind of music do you like to play? What kind of music do you like? Uh, well, I, I like all kinds of music. I, I play basically rock genre type stuff, okay. punk, metal, that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm, I've been a musician all my life. My mom was a music teacher, so I, I got an early introduction into that. And He's played a, a big lot fan of, of Wham? I, I, <laughs> I am. 
Are we talking? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's that's the thing. I, I love rock and metal and stuff like that. But I, I listen to a lot of different music. I do like George Michael and William yeah. and like eighties pop. I mean, if you were growing up in the eighties, you couldn't get away from it anyway because it's everywhere. So you you either like it or you tolerate it one way or the other. Right. <laughs> Is it true? Earlier, you told me that you actually like cats a lot. You have. You- <laughs> You I have do. cats. <laughs> I oh, do. That's awesome. I yeah. do like cats. I have. I have. No, that's cats. a really good thing on this show. I just thought you should know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, the the alliance has already been made. I, I see. The, the the cat dog argument will one never die and two I will get the next guest to admit they like dogs better than cats. I think Norman. Uh, we'll keep that for later, right. but I think he likes dogs. <laughs> Can't wait to bring that up when we get him on. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you had fun on your trip then, right? Yeah, no, the trip was awesome. It was great. I, I um, my my buddy and I that went on the show to, or went on the trip together. Uh, we've gone, where have we gone? We've gone to, um, Chicago, San Diego, Nashville, DC, uh, and then we did a tour of Arizona, Nevada, Utah, where we did like, uh, the Grand Canyon and Zion National Park and stuff like that. And out of all of them, I did not want to come back from this one the most. Yeah, it was just Portland is an amazing city. So you guys stayed in actually Portland the whole time, basically. Pretty, I mean, wow. except for when we went to Astoria and mm-hmm. went to uh, Cannon Beach. Uh, other than that, we stayed in the show or we stayed in the Portland the entire time. Okay, nice. But yeah, Portland's awesome. If you've never been, I highly, highly recommend going there. I, I am actually now a member of the Facebook group uh, Libertarians in Portland, <laughs> and their slogan is "Libertarians surrounded by communists." <laughs> Nice. <laughs> well, in, in no. a city full of commies or something like that. It was so funny. I had to join, and they accepted it. And then I shared our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- uh, tell us about the 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 picture you sent me. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up so I make sure that I quote that right. I was okay. in I was in a coffee shop there called Extracto Coffee, uh, Extracto Coffee Roasters, and in the bathroom there was a picture above the uh, toilet that says please don't flush paper towels or feminine hygiene products down toilet thanks it's a simple request (laughs) but somebody decided that it was their duty to edit the photo and crossed out feminine and put peoples (laughs) to which i thought Man, the triggering is strong here in portland (laughs) because i like i'm a guy i'm a male and the only hygiene you can be whatever you want i can i know (laughs) don't assume my gender um but the only hygiene product i ever flush is toilet paper and i don't have any need to flush any other of my hygiene products so I don't really understand the point of that. I mean, I guess, yeah, you don't want razors going down there. But That's what I was thinking, dude. I was like, what, razors? Like, what? But at the same time, if I'm bringing a razor into a coffee shop, I have other issues I really need to deal with. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, awesome. trip, the trip was good. Um, I, I really want to go back. Yeah. I really want to cool, go Cool, man. I love Portland. That's I, awesome. I am currently working on trying to convince Jordan to go there instead of Colorado. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. One, one commie haven for another commie exactly. haven. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but hey, you can get high and forget about it. True. <laughs> True. Every Everything's all good when you're high. <laughs> all right. So I don't think we're going to have a proper segue here. I don't here. think we're going to get a good segue on so, this So um, we have a few topics that we would like to talk about right, on the show we've today. Gone, we've been two weeks since our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to hit everything that happened over the last two weeks, but we picked some of our favorite topics. Right. Um, what would you like to start on? I mean, I think that, you know, since... La- okay, so last week we were going to do an episode on Tuesday or Wednesday before I left. And we got together the night before and Muhammad said, nothing's really happened this week. Yeah. And so I left the next day. Well, it, it had been also like two days. It was three. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like Tuesday we got together. We were yeah. going to do it Wednesday, and nothing had really happened. And then I left on Thursday, <laughs> and everything. And happened. everything happened. Yep. <laughs> I, I I landed in Portland Thursday night, and I opened Facebook, and my feed had blown up because Trump had kicked CNN, the New York Times, and BuzzFeed out of the white house media room Mm -hmm. and the left was not happy with that decision at all they the the hypocrisy was strong with them (laughs) um (laughs) yeah uh well also yeah he i think this came out later where he ended up tweeting saying that he wasn't going to be at the white house correspondence dinner either right yeah he's not going to the white Mm -hmm. house correspondence dinner for the and he's the first president Mm -hmm. Since Reagan? Maybe. Back in 81, I believe. Yeah. And uh, uh, also that same week, Jeff Sessions. Was it Jeff Sessions or am I thinking of something else? I'm crazy. No, no, no. For whatever reason, I'm thinking of Flynn. We already talked about Flynn. Yeah, we did talk about Flynn. That was the week before. Continue with your monologue. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody doesn't have show notes. (laughs) (laughs) He does. They're on his phone. He just won't open it. (laughs) But yeah, he, uh, but yeah, so the left was saying that this was a violation of the First Amendment and the right was saying, no, it's not. I mean, those are two definitely divisive thoughts on that one. And, on this one, I have to agree with the right. This is not a violation of the First Amendment. And no way, actually. If it was a violation of the First Amendment, Trump would have dragged the reporter from CNN, New York Times, and BuzzFeed out into the street and shot them. Yeah. Or thrown them in jail without a trial mm-hmm. or put them in Guantanamo or possibly turned off their phones. Oh. <laughs> um. That's so my bad. <laughs> This is the guy that's been doing shows for a long time. I know, right? <laughs> I know. That's so bad. I didn't, I'm not that popular. I didn't think anyone was going to call me. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I, I'm, glad, I'm glad that happened to him because now I'm putting all of my stuff on silent. <laughs> Mine's already on silent. This is Muhammad speaking. Mine is on silent. But the... Uh, but one of my friends, a guy that I truly respect and love, he's a good friend of mine. He and I were in basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina together. Yeah, Relax in Jackson. Relax in Jackson, yeah. Of course, <laughs> where, where else would you want to go? Fort Benning? Did you get to relax at Fort Benning? Hell no, I See? slept with ants. Right. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, I had a private room with only eight people. Did you all have girls back then? Yes, we did. Oh, fucking lucky. Yeah, we did. We did. There was a girl, uh, Kimberly O'Leary. Her nickname was How the Strawberry. hell do you know that name? 
Because she and I got fake engaged at basic oh, training. Wow. Then we ended up losing touch. I have no idea what ever happened to her, but uh, from the memory. Field mattress. From <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, but from the memory, <laughs> from the memory that I have of her, she was exceptionally attractive, and I'm certain that that's not a false memory. Yeah, of course, you know it's also you're surrounded by 80 dudes and 20 girls, so mm-hmm. yep, yeah, you know. perspective, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> now, just 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 so you know, the Air Force does not have co-ed companies like Relax and Jackson did, so even then. Some airmen are more manly than people that went to Relax in Jackson. Yeah, but we all know what they did with those other airmen. Yep. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my buddy, my buddy uh, from Basic uh, Beresford, we called him Giggles because, well, he laughed about everything. Said, "Oh, like me? Yeah, like you, except it was cute." Oh, um, <laughs> but he said, uh, "If you." If you don't think that Trump kicking CNN in the New York Times, he conveniently left out BuzzFeed, out of the <laughs> White House press room uh, is not a violation of the First Amendment. I don't think that you understand the Constitution. <laughs> and I was sitting down at a coffee shop in Portland. I had just ordered an Eggs Benedict and a <laughs> large coffee. And I was like, well... I got nothing better to do for 20 minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah. So, <laughs> this guy doesn't even know what's coming. So I kind of went off. Uh, I kind of went off. And nobody had commented yet. But I was just, I pointed out, you know, the freedom of the press allows the media to report the news as they see with no intervention or punishment from the government. Yes. Which that is what that 100%. Right. Nowhere in there does it say that you are allowed access anywhere you want to go, including the White House. Agreed. Um, and I said, that means that the people that reside at the White House can say, no, screw you. Get out. I don't want you here. They can absolutely say that. And that's pretty much all they did. And then I pointed out, which I'm going to admit this because Greg is here. I stole this from Greg. <laughs> <laughs> hey, libertarians steal everything right, from yeah. each other. Um. I said that CNN, the New York Times, and BuzzFeed, along with every other news organization, pandered for years to politicians in order to be granted access, and they are surprised when they stopped pandering, their access was revoked. Because that's what happened. For years, they've just been like, okay, let's status quo, status quo, report what you want, report what you want, and then they got the access, and then they just felt the access was granted. So once they stopped pandering and they said, no, screw you, you don't get your access, they get all mad saying, oh, well, this is a First Amendment violation. And it's not. It is absolutely not. Well, Trump has the right to say who is allowed in the press room and who is not. Yeah. Well, um, I definitely do agree with you. Uh, I just want to throw in my two cents real quick and go over to Greg's. Tell us what he wants to say on this besides what he's told from you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but my worry is that this then becomes a precedent where – the next Democratic president will kick out the one and only conservative news television, at least news station of uh, Fox News. Um, and the other thing is, um, and I've told this to, my, to a lot of my liberal friends, um, okay, so he kicks out CNN, uh, New York Times, and BuzzFeed, but every other... F- MSNBC is even worse than CNN. 
when it comes to, when it comes to being like more left and more MSNBC right. believes that they're supposed to shape the way that we view the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean Absolutely. I mean they're still there and every other leftist new, news organization is there. So it's not you know, it, it, I, I can't look at it the same way they are. If all these other leftist news organizations is there, how can you claim that he's trying to shut down leftists? Uh, that just makes no sense to me. Right. Yeah. Um, but those were my two cents. What do you think? Well, uh, obviously, I, I had part of my opinion voiced already. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I didn't know you were going to be on this episode. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. No, I, I have no problem with you uh taking my ideas and running with them because you'll probably do better with them than I will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, quite frankly, people who say that this is a violation of the first amendment, they're just not, it's, it's ignorance. Quite frankly, I can't even call it hypocrisy. You just don't know what you're talking about because the freedom of speech has nothing to do with granting people a platform in which to speak. Uh, So, no one is obligated to let you use their microphone or use their place of business uh, as a platform for your speech. And they have every right to tell you you can't do it there. Freedom of speech keeps the government from kicking in the door right now and gunning us down as we record this show that questions them. It's it's a protection to keep the government from shutting us up. Mm. And there is nothing at all about, you know, granting anyone access or that anyone has a right to be anywhere or listen to anyone. Yeah. And the politicians are in no way obligated to grant you an interview or to talk to you. Basically to give you a platform. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the problem is that the, the journalists, they're not being journalists, they're being media and they're playing this access journalism game. And, And that's the sad part about it. Because if you talk to somebody in the media, I've had these conversations and I've asked, you know, reporters who you see on TV, I've had the opportunity to ask them directly and they will tell you if they are honest with you every time. You know, I've asked, why, why didn't you follow up on this question? That politician totally avoided the question. Why didn't you follow up? Why didn't you hold his feet to the fire and make him give you an answer? You know, why aren't you asking questions about what's really going on? Why aren't you asking them to, you know, say the things that we all want to hear? Why aren't you holding their feet to the fire over corruption? Why aren't you holding their feet to the fire over the crimes they commit? And every time they'll tell you, because if we offend them, they won't give us access. We do this so we get access. Because, quite frankly, CNN, Fox, NBC, they all want to be in that press room Mm -hmm. when the president does his speech. Because if they're not, you're going to change the channel to somebody who is. And they're willing to let the politicians trample the Constitution, trample the people's rights, trample the people in general, and not say anything about it as long as their ratings aren't affected. Yeah. And they're in the business of selling advertising. They're not in the business of informing the people. Yeah. So as long as they they have advertisers willing to buy their airtime, that's what's important to them. And if they can't be in the press room with the president, advertisers aren't going to buy their airtime. Of course. So that's why this is now a problem for them. CNN hasn't shifted course into telling the American people the truth or stopping pushing in a specific agenda because even after this, they're still reporting complete lies. So I would have a whole lot more respect for CNN had they earned this, had they held the 
Trump's feet to the fire and used facts yeah. to report on exactly why he's a problem. And then he said, you can't come in here. I'd have respect for CNN. I'd say, good job, guys. You were, you were doing it right. Exactly. Yeah. But because you just got played, because you're now realizing that when you dance with the devil, the, you don't change the devil, the devil changes you. And they can still play this access game on you regardless. Yeah. Giving them what they want doesn't change the fact that they can shut out your access at any time. Yeah. Right. And quite frankly, we don't want just anybody having access. I, I honestly don't want somebody from InfoWars up there asking Donald Trump, you know, how to pronounce his name on his reptilian homeworld. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want somebody from Spirit Science up there asking him what kind of herbal tea he drinks to get his aura right. Well, crystals, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, it's got, it's going to be crystals, uh, different, <laughs> different rock formations that help him center himself. Yeah. I did want to say real quick that CNN was not lying the four times I was on. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I mean, that's really the point. Not everybody is guaranteed access anyway. You think about it honestly. You don't want to give everybody access. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? I print up a press pass at home and come in with a cleverly disguised gun and a camera, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get right up next to the president. Come on, now. Yeah, yeah. You people understand why there's a reason why we limit this access. Now, is this gun able to also kill every, <laughs> the rest of the government? <laughs> Muhammad is kidding, and he does not want to kill all of the government, even though he is a Muslim. <laughs> I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there yeah. for anybody who listen to this. And you guys just earned your own NSA. <laughs> You're a good friend, man. Thank you. <laughs> I hope our NSA agent's name is Steve. Ours was Toby. Was it? Nice. Toby? If you ever listen back to our shows and hear us talking about Toby, that's what we're talking about. Oh. Jesus. But yeah, like it's just it's not a violation of the First Amendment. And everybody that's saying it is is only looking at it through their left colored glasses. They aren't looking at it through an impartial look of no he has every right to say who's allowed in that press room and who's not allowed in that mm-hmm. press room and you know everything that greg said is 100 percent correct mm-hmm. and like you just said if you just said that because you told it to me earlier uh cnn can still report the news mm-hmm. he's not yeah. stopping them absolutely so they just are not allowed in one room mm-hmm. that's all it is they can't get in there and ask some stupid question yeah. Which is probably going to be a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> but on to more CNN fake news. <laughs> we really should have just named this show Fake News. In yeah, Russia. man. Like those <laughs> first episode until now. I know. The Fake News Report. Yeah. With Matt Muhammad. We're it used doing- to be with Ben Swan, but right. he left us. <laughs> then, then, then he reported on some fake news and disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> he, he reported about pedophiles and suddenly he's gone <laughs> and, uh, and then you'll understand why yeah. these people don't talk about what's really <laughs> <on>. <laughs> so uh jeff sessions the attorney general mm-hmm. uh has come under fire this week because many people are saying that he committed perjury during his attorney general hearing yes and that is for lack of any better word bullshit Okay. Yeah. Um, 
the question, and I'm going to paraphrase the question because Al Franken is very long-winded. Um, but the question that Al Franken said was that he said reports have come out that members of the Trump team have been talking with people from Russia uh, as a part of the Trump campaign. Did you speak to anybody from Russia about the future? To which Jeff Sessions said, no. And then this past week it came out that over the last year he met with the Russian ambassador twice. And people are saying he committed perjury. He needs to resign. He needs to recuse himself from the investigation. All of that. And he ended up recusing himself from the investigation. But I don't think he committed perjury. I do believe that what he said was True. Well, my opinion is going to be different than yours, so I'm going to let Greg uh, give us his take on this. Oh, wow. oh I, I don't know that you want my take on it, because when it comes to the honesty of politicians, I'm in a default position of their lying. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. So we're on. Okay. Also fair. Okay. But the, but the okay, so the, the, the uh, situations that they are bringing up saying that he committed perjury, I do not think he was committing perjury based on that evidence. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not 100% sure. All I know is this stuff with the Russian ambassador. There are so many Republicans having inappropriate relationships with this man, you would think he is a congressional page. (laughs) (laughs) Let me read the question and uh, Senator Sessions' answer. Al Franken said, if there's any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? Jeff Sessions responded, uh, Senator Franken, I'm not aware of any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign. I did not have communications with the Russians and I am unable to comment on it. Before I go further into my uh, opinion on this, um, I want to explain where my opinion comes from. Because um, I made I made a Facebook post about it. A lot of my friends saw it. Um, I was not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I make a lot of Facebook posts. Okay. I also have him blocked. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but no. So when I was in the 82nd Airborne, I was a combat medic. Um, I wanted to re-enlist to be a cryptolinguist. So... I went through the process at the time, and I was married at the time. Um, my ex-wife had basically uh, partly convinced me to simply ETS, uh, get out of the army, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll get out of the army. That I kind of agree with that. Why not? But anyways, during the process of um, me trying to be a cryptolinguist, first thing I had to do was to get an interim and then an active top secret uh, SCI, that means secret compartmentalized information clearance. Uh, it's one of the highest clearances you can get. And a security clearance is a security clearance, no matter who you are, you know. So I went through the process. I got an SF-86. That's a security questionnaire that you answer. And there's a lot of questions on there. It's a long form. Um, and the longer you've been alive, the longer it gets, basically. 
like it was shorter when I first got in and, mm-hmm. and secret clearances are a lot easier than a top secret. Um, so I fill this thing out. One part of the questionnaire is about, uh, use of prohibited substances. And I answered in that, f- I, I actually asked one of my friends, I was like, uh, cause he was a, uh, he was EOD for a bit. So he had a top secret. Uh, and he said, dude, answer everything truthfully. So I said, okay. I used marijuana five times. I had, you know, like during high school, used marijuana five times, like during, you're going straight to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> um, during these two years or whatever. And guess what? Muhammad, the Muslim, <laughs> gotta throw that out there, got a top secure, top secret SCI, you know? And the reason that is so important is, um, two things. First thing, um, it gets basically all of your possible blackmail out there. So it cannot be used against you. So if, they, if if your employer or the government knows you've done this, now you can't be blackmailed by it. The second thing is um, the military in general, um, but I'm, I'm sure everybody respects integrity and honor, you know, especially that, you know, they can now trust that I will tell them if something's wrong and if I did something I mean, it's on the question. I answered it. Um, and in my opinion, Jeff Sessions lied because he was, I mean, he even says in his answer, he, w- he, he was referred to as a surrogate because he was technically a special advisor. So he was technically, technically part of the campaign. So he didn't answer that question honestly. You know, he could have just said, in my opinion, he could have just said, yes, I communicated with the Russians about blah, 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 and leave it at that, you know? Right, but at the same time, he was also on the Armed Services Committee, and I am certain that whatever he talked about was of the top secret variety, yeah. and he, <laughs> he couldn't say it in a public forum like that, which is why he chose the no comment route, but he went to go meet them. The, the examples that they used to say he committed perjury, he was there as a member of the Armed Services Committee, and he was there acting as that, not as a representative of the Trump campaign. Yeah, and but I'm not saying that's 100% accurate. But, understand. But it's, it was known that he, as, the, as a member of the Armed Services Committee, was going to be meeting with the Russian ambassadors. Yeah, yeah. He was there, allegedly, to just do that work. As far as I know, there's no evidence that he talked about. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I so mean, that's like, why I don't really see it as committing perjury per se. I see it as the question was, as a member of the Trump campaign, did you meet? And he said, no. And I have no comment on it because okay. I don't think it was something that he could talk about. Yeah. Well, maybe the jury is out on this, but I think he did commit perjury personally. And I think if he, if he is proven to have done that, throw him to the wolves. That's honestly how I look at it, and that's where that's where my opinion originates from. From what from my military experience on it, I've used the same example when talking about Hillary Clinton. 
you know, and uh, you, so you have a top secret, right? I, I you, it's an act. You, it's an right, active you now. You did. So if you got an email that had uh, a C surrounded by parentheses, would you know what that meant? <laughs> definitely. Okay. Good. Good. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> my my concern with all of this is that the the issues that we're talking about are really pointing in the direction of the true issue, the bigger problem that we're the faced government? with. Well, the government as a whole and the fact that the Democrats and the Republicans are spending their time and effort subverting each other and subverting the government authority that they wish to wield. And they don't understand. The reason why Trump's advisors talking to the Russian ambassador is a big deal is because potentially what the Obama administration and his foreign policy was attempting to do with the Russians would not matter if they were telling that Russian ambassador, don't worry about these sanctions or whatever else he's threatening you with, because when we come in, it's a different story. Yeah. And that's a problem. But it's also a problem that the Democrats do the same thing. Yes. Right. And and ultimately these politicians and the shadow government that's that's what we've for years called what I think is now being referred to as the deep state. Yep. Um the the shadow government really is perpetuating its own power. Uh they they're really not acting in the people's best interest and that's why throwing problems to politicians is the worst idea because they're they're going to they're spending their time and effort subverting each other's authority and subverting the government in and of itself for their own gain. I do have to say something about this because it happened on the same thread. And my issue, it's not with you, but my issue is when people just want to say the deep state, the deep state, Obama, Obama, Obama. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like why I don't like conspiracy theorists. Not, not that the deep state is a conspiracy theory. I definitely agree with that. But I feel like a lot of times people are just like now, you know, people are just like deep state, Obama's doing this. And I'm like, what? That's like so lazy. Well, I understand what you're talking about because I do see that. And yeah. That's that. For one, I, I I wonder why the the nomenclature changed. We've been calling this the shadow government for years, and it's very simple. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is about agreed. The shadow government are the unelected bureaucrats that yep. exist within government always, and they work for government for thirty, forty, fifty years. Yes, and working their way up through different organizations to the top of organizations where they run these organizations, make decisions about what they're going to do. These people make the budgets, make the policy, and it doesn't matter who the elected officials in office are. And you, even if, you know, a situation like, what what is that show? Uh, Designated survivor where Mm -hmm. everybody gets killed. Mm -hmm. You know, the state still runs because most of it is run by this shadow government, these unelected bureaucrats that are actually making it all tick. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if we lose the president, the Senate and the Congress all at once. The government is already self-perpetuating. It's, it's going to continue. That's, that's actually, um, uh, different, but similar example. Um, when talking to a lot of my liberal friends that are like really butthurt over, uh, Betsy DeVos, um, they're like, well, she's not qualified and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, she's not gonna run 
the DOE all by herself, like you're always going to have somebody there advising you and actually running the show. Like the job of the president and the job of all these secretaries, the job of anybody in any leadership position in anywhere is proper delegation of tasks, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying and you're, you're absolutely right. You look at the Department of Education and they just, for example, let's say the eight people directly under DeVos have probably been there through the Obama administration, through the George Bush, George W. Bush administration, yes. possibly came in during the Clinton administration. You know, so it doesn't, partisanship doesn't matter whether it's a, a Democrat or a Republican at the top is mm-hmm. irrelevant because these are the people that are going to make decisions. Yeah, actually They're doing push it. The policy for yeah. right. And actually, my friend, uh, my friend Tho Bishop, um, if he, I don't, I think he still maintains the same job at the Mises Institute. He's the communications guy there. He posts on all their pages and does more than that. Um, he used to be a staffer, and he told me that's. So I am personally very, very, very much against uh, term limits. And so is he. And he he told me something that I didn't know, which was the staffers that a lot of these congressmen have also don't change. Mm-hmm. They just stay there. And then the next congressman comes in. It's the same people writing all this stuff. And, and th- they're the ones rubbing elbows and going around you know, making deals and all that. And I was like, holy crap, I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, that's the reality. You want good relationships with the staffers. You want good relationships with the people in bill drafting. You know, you, you want the good relationships with yeah. the people within the departments, not necessarily the elected officials, because they're going to rotate. And, and they're going to rotate based upon what the media is making people believe. And the that state is just going to perpetuate itself whatever direction it was going. You know, it's already got momentum. Even if you get somebody elected into office, who's going to bring about change, you know, you've got inertia to deal with. You can't just bring it to a stop and change course. So can you get this slowed down and stopped before you get changed out by an election cycle? Or can you stay in long enough to get this done? Are you going to take the drastic action it takes to stop that inertia and bring that momentum to a halt? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you're saying. Do you want to die on that hill? Because you can die on that hill and win this issue, but your Mm -hmm. career's over. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. On top of that, um, before we switch our topics, um, going back to the whole term limits thing, like, man, like, we wouldn't have a Ron Paul mm-hmm. if term limits were the thing. And to my lefty friends, you wouldn't have a Bernie Sanders, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, it's on, honestly, it's just a freedom issue. If I want, if some, if a group of people want someone to represent them, I don't think anybody should be stepping in between that. And I personally even applied all the way up to the president personally. Like, I know it's a crazy idea to a lot of people, but I, I do yes, look at it as a, as a freedom issue. If we want someone to represent us in any level of the government, I don't think term limits should be in the way, you know, like, instead of saying the politicians are crappy, then you need to run better politicians than to point out how someone's able to win elections all the time. And, you know, maybe a better thing to do, like, one thing I think we can do, to uh, I don't know 
fix the problem at least a little bit when it comes to Congress is to increase the ter- uh, the length of the term. Like two years is f- is too short. Make it four right. years. You spend, you spend half of your you spend half of your time every time yeah. every time. No, make it four years, and and that might actually give that person a chance to prove how much of an asshole they are, how much of a good, hardworking congressman they're going to be. It only took David Jolly two years. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep. but this is also why those staffers stay the same, because mm-hmm. uh, a young freshman congressman comes in and has no idea exactly. how any of this works. And, yeah. you know, I, I just need to, you know, communicate with a fellow congressman. How do I do that? Well, are, you need a staff that understands that. Greg, are you pro-term limits? Um, I generally I'm against term limits. Okay. I do support uh term limits locally if that's what the people locally desire and need. Okay, okay. Um generally for at the federal level and state level, I don't support term limits. Uh I I I can be convinced to support term limits locally though because I do believe if you are a good leader locally and you are actually serving your community, yeah. then you should move up into a higher place in government. Understood. If you're doing well at a city council or county commission and you are actually serving the people and you're doing a great job of that, I think you should move up. Okay. And you should go sense. to the state house and, yeah. or you should go to uh, Congress and stay there yeah. without a term limit. Yeah. Um, but I think locally – other community leaders should have the opportunity to step into those places and, you know, offer fresh ideas, offer new directions. And you often don't get that locally because they don't have term limits and people stay there and the city stagnates in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's when you end up getting these cities that just collapse, that have horrible economic blight and, you know, like Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. You know, and it, it's because Chicago. You, don't, you don't make a change in who's running the show. You don't even make a change in the philosophy of how we're going to go forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you got to you got to make turns to get around the terrain. <laughs> you got you got to be able to adjust. You know, it's not always forward top speed. Sometimes you have to assess the situation and maybe slow down, maybe take a turn, you know, to to deal with the current situation. And when people get established and all they're concerned about is winning that next election to stay in power, they're not doing that. Right. That. Man, I was always pro term limits up until this conversation. <laughs> so, I mean, that's. I'm kind of happy now. Yeah, I mean, I. I was always all about term limits. I was like, you're not supposed to be there for life. You're supposed to, you know, serve your time and then I mean, go back home and cont- contribute to the free market. Bro, I was, I was, <laughs> I was too, but then I saw too many, in my opinion, just too many things just that to me proved that maybe term limits are not the best way to look at it. You know, we can even change the way we do voting and all that. So. You know, and that's one thing that I disagree with Rand Paul on, you know, that during the election he had talked about it and I made a post. I was like, yep, this is one thing my boy Rand and I disagree on term limits. I'm not for it, you know, but actually we're speaking of Rand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, perfect segue. Yeah. yeah, Thank you for that. (laughs) I I didn't know how we were going to get here. But uh, yeah, speaking of Rand, uh, we we have the epic battle of Paul versus Paul as in Rand Paul versus Paul Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over the Republicans' replacement for Obamacare, or light, a, or as right? Rand calls it, Obamacare light. Yep. So 
the Republicans allegedly have a bill for uh, to replace Obamacare, and Rand wanted to see it. Yeah, and he can't. <laughs> he was walking around with a mobile printer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it's he was beautiful. walking around with a printer. That's funny. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is it is one of it is one of the most impressive things I have seen a politician do in a long time. Yeah. Well, it's Rand Paul. <laughs> I mean, if yeah, if there's anybody that's gonna do it, it's yeah. I don't even like him that much. And this is one I of know. those things where, where I'm like, Yeah, you go, Rand. Yeah. You know, they're walking they're, around a different like I saw him I saw him. He posted an Instagram photo yesterday or the day before, I think, and he was pointing at a door that said, do not enter. And it says, is the Obamacare replacement bill in here? <laughs> and I thought that was – it's just – it's hilarious. But right now it appears to me anyway as though Paul Ryan is taking a page out of Nancy Pelosi's playbook of saying, once we pass it, you can read it, yep. which he did with the uh, TPP. And yep. it looks like he's doing it again now. And he was saying that uh, he feels that uh, that Rand is just pulling a publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well he is. But, <laughs> I mean, You're not wrong, but he, neither is he. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's he's saying, oh, it's just a publicity stunt. We're just trying to iron, iron out the kinks and whatever. But why – why are we not allowed to see this bill? Why is why is somebody in Congress not allowed to see this bill? Because it's in a, a quote-unquote dedicated reading room is what they're calling it. <laughs> it's in detention right now. Well, I think the real question is, is it done? Right. What? If it's done, then absolutely we should be able to see it. But if they're still working on it, yeah, get, do you want somebody standing over your shoulder watching what you're typing when you're working? No, I absolutely hate <laughs> well, that. So I hate I. that so, so much. So if they're still working on crafting this bill and they have people that they've selected to craft this bill and that's what they're working on, then, yeah, we don't need everybody in the room, you know, checking our work as we go through mm -hmm. it. Now, as long as they finish it and, and put it out before we're going to put it forward to pass, mm -hmm. then... You know, they're, they're, they're okay. But if they start doing the same thing, if, okay, it's done, but you can't read it you until read we it. pass yeah. it. Exactly. Then well, it becomes a, a issue of hypocrisy. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, uh, Senator Paul's concern is that this bill is a take it or leave it. Right. From the GOP. Right. So whatever the hell they're going to come out with and they claim it's based off of a lot of the previous <sighs> frameworks that the GOPS came up with probably including his but take it or leave it i mean what if it comes out and it really is obamacare light like i think he has a right calling it that right if we don't know what's in it what what are they going to do i mean at this point when you had the when you had donald uh, uh, uh president trump uh, at the joint sessions speech talking about all this massive spending and gro growth of government and you had conservatives cheering, he's probably right. I mean, it, how many conservatives out there now are actually fiscally conservative and, and free barely, market oriented? Yeah, I was going to say barely any of them. Yeah. None of them for yeah. a long time, really. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no, That's... I agree. I agree. No, I agree. So he's got a right to try to show this even if it takes a publicity stunt you know right well yeah even though like i said you know i have no problem with them if they're still working on it being like no you don't need to see it you know but i also still agree with him in 
you know, even if this is a publicity stunt, even if this is just making the point of you need to let us see this, you know, hopefully this will have people, you know, at that point by the time it is ready to go, we need to see this and don't give us this. We've got to pass it before you can read it nonsense because we're not standing for that this time. So, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I totally forgot where we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if. If Rand is really, you know, genuine in trying to make sure that everybody sees this before it gets passed. He is. Then, you know, I think he's doing the right thing. But I think getting upset right now, if if they are still drafting this bill, mm-hmm. give him a chance to write it. Now, I see I'm what already, you're saying. I'm already assuming that it's going to be horribly bad. So understand that I'm not trying to defend these guys in any way. Other than coming from the place of I don't like people looking over my shoulder while I'm working and questioning me every step of the way. And I can understand if that's the position that they're in of, look, Rant, we will show it to you when we're done. But leave me the hell alone. I'm still typing. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I, I am sitting over my keyboard right now. Leave me alone. Like I, get, I, I do. I understand that because yeah. anytime like I'm sitting there at work, I have I don't think he listens, but I have I have one employee and i'll be sitting there doing work you know i'll be doing payroll or i'll be working on stuff for the show or whatever and i'll be sitting there at the computer typing and he comes up to me 15 20 times during a shift to say oh we need this we need this and he has a weird definition of the word need i think i know who it is (laughs) probably (laughs) yeah Um, and i it's you know i'm just like oh my i'm busy like, yeah. let me do this, and then we can talk. We can sit down and talk about all of these things at once. I think you told me that's why it's hard for you to do work at at, yes. at, uh, yeah. low tide, at low tide because you'd be sitting there with the computer, and everyone wants to come up and say hi. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> difficult for me to get work done there. But yeah, I if this bill is anything like Obamacare, if it's anywhere near Obamacare, if it doesn't just completely open up the free markets, I don't want it. Yeah. I, I, I don't. No, because then the conservatives are going to cheer it, the quote-unquote conservatives. And then the Republican base that doesn't really care about principles as much is going to be like, whoop, Trump, you know. And whatever he his party obviously comes up with is what they want to go with. And that's where the danger is. Yes. You know, that's where the danger is. And none of them are looking to the right people to address this anyway. Because government and insurance companies are the problem in, in yeah. the healthcare industry. Yeah. So looking to government and the insurance companies to solve the problem, <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, I'm, are you going to hire a burglar to do your home security? Yeah. I, that's really the kind of logic that you're, you're engaging in here. Exactly. And my, my biggest problem with this. I mean, is, the FBI does that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they like the, well, they, they get hacked by somebody and then they go hire them. They go for hire computer like, security. And, the, uh, catch me if you can guy. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. All I can remember is Kyle Hanready. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Hanready. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like they find somebody who's breaking the law and is doing it better than they ever could, and they're like, "Well, come on board." So, I mean, <laughs> exactly. The, I mean, so I might hire a burglar to do my home security, so he can tell me. Oh yeah, a no, retired burglar, not a currently not, active burglar. Two, That's the yeah. difference. One, one well, one he's a friend. Be, right, one who's a friend of mine who has a key to my house already. Like, I'd let him do my home security. Well, like when I was a teenager, I knew a guy that like came up with this scam of going door to door, selling people hide a keys and then coming back and knowing they have a hide a key somewhere. So I'm going to find it and break in. 
And I'm like, that's like the, you were like just a sort a horrible human being for even thinking of this. Yeah, but, but you're also kind of brilliant. I mean, it's it's brilliant, but it's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's an awful thing to do, but at the same time, it's kind of brilliant. Well, that, that's the thing. <laughs> People can be brilliant and evil. And <laughs> so, that's, so how Lex, you, that's how Lex Luthor is. <laughs> exactly. So you kind of need people who are brilliant and not evil to, to kind of make some decisions here. But part of the problem here is the government and the insurance companies are under no obligation to uh, look out for the financial well-being of Actually, no, yeah, no, but nobody well, is. Well, actually, someone, except, someone except is. The us, doctors the, are. Yeah, the yes. doctors are. And the mar- and the market, the well, patients. Well, here's the thing: the, it's part of the Hippocratic Oath. Mm-hmm. That if you look up the modern Hippocratic Oath, there mm-hmm. is part of it where they say, and this is just paraphrasing. Uh, I acknowledge that I don't just treat uh, a sickness or a cancerous growth, but I'm treating a family and their financial uh, stability is just as important as the family's health. And so I know a lot of people really don't care about the value of an oath anymore. They'll take an oath and then throw it away. Obviously, our politicians do every day. day. But I do know doctors who take this oath very seriously. And if we're going to ask somebody to look out for the financial well-being of patients in the healthcare industry, the only people who take an oath to do that are the doctors. Yeah. So if you're looking for the people, the insurance companies who are looking to make a profit off of the health insurance industry or the government who is looking to maintain elections off of the health insurance industry, you're looking to the wrong people to solve this problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and even within the same topic, uh, Senator Paul is a doctor and he does do pro bono operations whenever he can. Um his dad. I was gonna say his dad did the same. Yeah, thing. his dad does too. Uh, Ron Paul. Is he still practicing? I'm not sure if Ron is still practicing. I think he closed his practice. I don't yeah. know. I, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think. But he was. for the longest time, he did. You know, like, and during 2008 and 2012 uh, campaigns, um, a lot of people were chanting his name in the crowd uh, when they were talking about health care. And um, I forget his name, the guy on Fox. Um, there's a lot of them. I was going to say so many. And a lot of cute blondes. Um, <laughs> he, um, Isn't that where your girlfriend's on? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. He, Tommy Loren. For anybody he, who oh doesn't God. know who Muhammad's wannabe girlfriend is. No, no. I, I gave up on chasing her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he said, hey um, – Dr. Paul, they want to ask you that they they want me to ask you or they want your input or whatever. And he says, well, well I'm a doctor. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, yeah, obviously you should probably get his, you know, his viewpoint on yeah, it. He's like the one Republican who has any kind of credibility in speaking on addressing the healthcare crisis in the United States. Yeah, right. they don't because they don't. Uh, I look at it at as um, with the Paul family, they don't just talk the talk like a lot of republicans do they walk the walk and democrats they walk the walk they say hey we want free markets we should take care of our own communities ourselves and what do they do they're doing free surgeries in their in their field to take care of people uh rand was in haiti uh last year so like and, and and most doctors are like this like they want to take care of people um 
If the law would not stop me, I would love to be going out and helping people, but I'm not licensed. Right. <laughs> but yeah, man, like you're right. It, the Hippocratic Oath does mean what what it means to a lot of people. It's not just the money. We do want to help people. Exactly. Well, if if doctors were these greedy, evil bastards, then explain to me the Doctors Without Borders organization. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so many people paint the doctors as these greedy, evil bastards, as you just said. And it's not really the doc- – like, I, yes, doctors get into it for, you know, money, and but mainly for helping people. Yeah. There is not a single person who's like, I want to get rich. I'll be a doctor. Well, you know what? There are a few. Because I, kn- I know when I was a kid, this was, this was the rhetoric that was thrown at us. You know, if you want to get rich, grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer. Right. And unfortunately, it did create people who got into this industry thinking, I'm doing this because I can get wealthy. But the vast majority of these people yeah. are doing it because they want to help people. Well, right. here, and I was going to say, most of, most of the doctors I know that I have gone to slash people that I know who became doctors aren't doing it for the money. Yeah. I, mean, I had a doctor who was one who did it for the money. And really? He was an ass and I left and yeah. I've got a better doctor. Well, yeah, that's the free market system at work. Exactly. What, um, <laughs> what I was about to say was um, not even those doctors that get into it for the money. If they're not bad doctors, yeah, like, I know, I know you just, you had a bad experience with one, but they're, they're definitely not all like that. Right. Some of them are in it for the money and they're, Really good at it, and that shouldn't matter to anybody. He he wasn't a bad doctor. He was actually a really good doctor, and I I, mm-hmm. I liked him. It, what made me stop is because I sat there one day in in uh, an exam room, mm-hmm. listening to him talk to his nurse outside yeah. for like twenty minutes about going out on his forty foot fishing boat this past weekend <laughs> with a bunch of people and partying. Yeah, uh, and just go telling this long winded story and about going to the Bucks game and all yeah. of this. And basically, it was one of those things where he's bragging on you know how much how well he's doing it yeah. i could i could afford season tickets to the bucks game and i got this big ass bitching boat and blah 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 and i'm sitting here having to listen to him bragging about how awesome he is well i i feel like i'm dying yeah, yeah you know and i just want you to come in here and examine me so i can move on and go get the medicine i need but instead i got to listen to you for 20 minutes bragging about how badass you yeah are. right and that that was the point where i'm like okay i'm finding a new doctor. and b- believe it or not <laughs> Um, today, cause I've thought about going to medical school cause I'm in, I'm, I go to SPC right now. I'm close to getting my AA and then I want to get my degree in economics and I have to go to school to go to AA. <laughs> I can get you into AA. I can get you into AA right I sp- now. I can I get sp- you into AA by lunch. <laughs> I spent four years in the AA, <laughs> but, um, uh, whatchamacallit, you guys took me <laughs> off my train of thought. Oh, derailed that one. Oh, no, I remember now. Um, I, I've asked a lot of doctors. I was like, hey, if I, is, is it, am I too old if I go to medical school at 31, 32? And a lot of them have said, no, not at all. You know, it was just my, me, me. I was going to say, my best friend, uh, that I've known since I was, 13 or 12 or something like that. He is currently finishing up medical school and he went in when he was probably 30. Yeah. Is when he went back to, he went back to college at 30 so he could become a doctor. Yeah. And he is now finishing it up. Yeah. And he's going to be 38 this year. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was my question. I was like, is that too old? Cause a lot of, you know, a lot of people graduated high school at 17, 18, 
and get into like biomedical sciences or pre-med and then go right to medical school and all that. Uh, right, and, but then people look at him and say, I don't want no baby face doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can be a brand new doctor coming in at 40 and being like, oh, well, no, he knows what he's talking yeah. about. He doesn't look like he's 12. Yep. <laughs> he, he can grow a full beard. Yeah. So obviously this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And a lot of the doctors said, well, since you're a combat medic, you know, you'd bring a lot of good experience and knowledge to a lot of the students in there and all that. But almost... Every single one of these doctors has also said, don't do it, Mm -hmm. you know, because today, and this has to do with the issue that affects a lot of people, um, medical school is just way too expensive. They spend a lot of years paying off that. Yeah. And they've actually told me, Muhammad, if you, if you want to stick in the medical field, which is what I want to do, um, go ahead. And they said, Go to nur- alley circumcisions. <laughs> they said go to nursing school, be a nurse practitioner, or because I said I want to be as independent as possible if I don't go to be a doctor, or be a PA. And I was, and they said for how combat medics think, uh, pro- it'd probably be best for me to be a PA. So that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. I'm. I, if if that many doctors have said don't do it, I'm I'm not gonna do it. Right. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. I mean, my buddy, uh, he's wanted to be a doctor since I met him. He has wanted to be a doctor. We took Latin together, and I took Latin because I was bored. I think. Desvolt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember more of my Latin classes than I do my Spanish classes, but uh, I took Latin for absolutely no reason. He did it because he wanted to be a doctor at 13. Oh, and that's he has, awesome. And he has followed through. He's almost followed through. Yeah. You know, he, he, I think he's going to pass. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, (laughs) he's going to be that guy that's like, did you pass? Yeah. Where were you in your class? Yeah. (laughs) Well, so we're slightly over time, but I do want to talk about Claire McCastle because this can be very quick before we end the show. Claire, oh, Claire McCaskill. Yeah. I mean, or McCaskill. 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 Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, this could have gone in the Jeff Sessions segment, but oh. I mean, we'll well, we're back. Yeah, we'll we'll bring it back. Uh, she tweeted out the other day. I've been on the Armed Services Committee for ten years. No call or meeting with Russian ambassador ever. Ambassadors call members of Foreign Relations Committee. But she seems to have forget forgotten that on August sixth of two thousand fifteen, she said. She tweeted out, today calls with British, Russian, and German ambassadors, re-Iran deal, hashtag doing my homework. And on the 30th of January of 2013, she tweeted, off to meeting with Russian ambassador. Man. So, (laughs) she's a liar. Um, (laughs) But, you know, to say that... Jeff Sessions wouldn't have met with them as a member of yeah. the Armed Services Committee. To- Wait, um, was she also the Rocks one, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, that was Brianna Wu. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> That's what I wanted to end the show on. Okay. But, yeah, Brianna Wu is running for a Senate seat in Massachusetts. She's running against the incumbent Democrat. And I honestly don't know who it is because I didn't look it up because I know this girl has zero chance of winning. <laughs> um her Twitter handle is Space Cat Gal. That's cat with a Holy K. Holy shit, that's my wife. Yeah. Her, her, 
Brianna, was, she, she's a video game developer. Holy crap! Yeah, she's a video game developer, and her uh, Twitter handle is Space Cat Gal. And she was tweeting about. I um, hope she's blonde. She's, she's not. not. Her last name is Wu. You guys. Oh, Wu. <laughs> Disregard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh. Yeah, so she was tweeting about uh, SpaceX planning the trip around the moon, and she was saying how it's just for rich people and stuff like that. And then she decided to put in, the moon is probably the most tactically vi- valuable military ground for Earth. Rocks dropped from there have power of hundreds of nuclear bombs. <laughs> Which, as Greg pointed out, is technically true. But you can't drop a rock... <laughs> You have to launch it. You have to launch it. (laughs) You do still have a gravitational pull of the moon, even though there is a gravity well from the Earth. I mean, but I I still feel that if you, like, really chucked it really, really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, maybe Roger Clemens can do it. Maybe. (laughs) Steroid Roger Clemens or not steroid? (laughs) Oh, definitely steroid. It's got to be steroid Roger Clemens. (laughs) He, He could probably do it. But yeah, other than that, you would actually need to build a system to launch the <laughs> rock toward Earth to, as we talked about last time Greg was here, uh, the moon is a harsh mistress. Yes, by Robert <laughs> Heinlein. By, by Robert Heinlein. I don't know. It's just a stupid assertion to even talk about. It like, is. What? Right. Well, it's it's one of those things like she's making, I, I guess she's trying to make the point of we need to take control of the moon because that's really what the end game of that conversation is. We need to take military control of the moon before that's China we, gets That's we as in social contract, we not... Yeah. Well, I, I guess she's saying America. I don't yeah, know. I. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. But that that's where this goes. When she's talking about the, the military importance of the moon, yes. she's absolutely right. Whoever controls the moon controls the world. Yeah, that's right. also why there's a, an, an international treaty that says no one's going to claim the moon. Right. Now, obviously, that can be broken, but that's why we haven't built a base there yet. I mean, I think let homesteading be the thing, and whoever wants to start using different parts of it, let them use different parts of it. Just don't build a catapult. Right. <laughs> you can go to the moon, but catapults are banned. I think trebuchets would work better than a catapult. Okay, the they're banned too. <laughs> uh, just to be safe, slingshots also. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bunch of Dennis the Menace up there, just grabbing the and shooting them straight into the air. <laughs> well, um, as we're ending this show. Actually, I want to say, well, I want to thank Greg personally. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, thank you very much for being on. Do you have a copy of my book? It's my pleasure. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I do have a copy. Of okay, well, I'm going to give you a copy for being on our show. He's, Ooh, win a he's win a never dinner. given me a copy. By yeah, the you way, you can buy one. <laughs> what? They're available on Amazon. You, you can look it up. What? It's Dear Jack Dyer. Just because he's a guest? Yeah. No, because uh, he took time out of his day to come here. You. He just to wanted take... to play guitar. I know what that's like. <laughs> I can play guitar at home. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to spend this wonderful hour with yeah. us. So, yeah. because he's willing to make that sacrifice to hang out with us for <laughs> over an hour, I'm going to give him a copy of our book. Fair enough. Right. Our book? Of my book. You said our. Did I? You uh, said yeah, our. no. He had nothing he to do with any ownership. Zero ownership of this book. <laughs> or the podcast. <laughs> Before I met him, man, I've been uh, molding him. <laughs> 
See, he might give you a copy of the book if you weren't looking for new podcasts. Exactly. You're always looking for a new host. Can I, can I be a guest next week? Oh. <laughs> we already have a guest next week, which I'm going to allow you to talk about. Next, next week, Muhammad's oh, got to be well, a guest on Greg and Matt's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, also, Greg, thank you for coming. Oh, it's here my and, pleasure. Thank yeah, you. dude, this was... Probably the funnest podcast we've ever had. Yeah, seriously. This is, this is definitely a good time. Yeah. Um, next week, guys, we're going to have the president of the Campaign for Liberty on our show. His name is Norman Singleton. Um, with the computer that has been donated to us, this show will be our very first actual freaking live show. Uh, Norman's going to be on. He's a great guy. I like him. He's... He knows the Pauls very well, very intimately, and he he wants to talk about anything and everything current events, which fits right in with what we do on this show. Um, so I hope you guys end up coming back to see Norman on, on the show with us. Yeah. Yeah, he autographed the book, too. I did. <laughs> I did. I made it out to him and everything. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you could uh, like and share this or give us the angry face or the sad face or the crying face or the laughing, whatever face you want. <laughs> I don't care. Just give us a face. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom. You can follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters or on Instagram where I will occasionally post accidental pictures from my trips when I forget to switch the accounts over at muddied waters of freedom. And Muhammad has his finger up. I believe he has something. Yeah. Uh, is Greg, are you going to play an outro for us? I am. Okay. So we're just going to do our normal outro. Yeah, we're going to do our uh, normal outro. And then, yeah. Um, and Greg is actually working on an official intro and outro for us. So thank you to Greg. Let's give him a round of applause yep. just while we're here. And also thank you for the computer that was donated by uh, Liberty. Was Liberty Underground the one that donated it or was it uh, the Wiley campaign? Um, or both? They were donated to the Wiley campaign for uh, the call center effort. i after the Wiley campaign, I think that they technically donated it to Liberty First. I'm not 100% sure, but mm -hmm. it's it's made its way around to you fine folks. Right. right. Well, good. to everybody who was in line for this computer that eventually ended up in our <laughs> possession, thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you. Please like. Please share. Please continue to listen. Please tell your friends. Yep. And where we're going. We don't need roads. Mm -hmm.